0: Reb Merike of Mir was one of the Chassidim of Reb Mordechai of Lekovitch, who himself was a Chassid of the Karliner Rebbeis. And one day, Reb Meir was traveling, and he went into a kosher inn in order to daven mincha, the afternoon prayer. It was quite cold outside, and he needed a place where he could concentrate. And so he found a little corner in the inn and davened. And when he was done, he ordered a meal. And sat down to eat and about half an hour into the meal there was a whole caravan of wagons that arrived and all of these traveling paupers poor beggars with their wives and small children came into the inn (laughs) and amongst this large crowd of people was one old man who rebmeyer saw in his face something was special about this guy and so all the poor folks sat down at the tables they demanded food they put whatever little bit of money they had on the table. And the innkeeper's wife is beginning to serve everybody, slices of bread, and put other food on the table. And Reb Meir is watching this crowd, and especially watching the old man. And he sees that the hungry families grab all the food and start eating right away. But the old man, he walked over to one of the wash basins and looked at the natla, the cup used for washing hands before you eat bread and was measuring it to see if it held enough water to enable him to wash his hands before saying a blessing of Hamotzi before eating bread. And then the old man washed his hands. And he went and grabbed a slice of bread and was about to say Hamotzi, but instead he took some other piece of bread and said a blessing on that instead, and then sat down to eat. In the meantime, all of the poor folk were eating. It was a big mess. And the old man just blended in. And eventually, everybody got up, went back to their wagons, and drove off. And the old man left with them. So Reb Mayer thought to himself, something is going on here, and I need to figure it out. Reb Meir kept asking himself, how come he didn't eat the first slice of bread, and took the other one instead? What did he see? Who was this guy? And so he went over to the wife of the innkeeper, and he said to her, tell me, when did you bake that bread? She said, yesterday or the day before. And he said, and do you remember when you made the bread, did you separate the tithe of the challah from the dough? And she thought for a second and she said, no, I forgot to do that. Now Reb Meir understood that the old man was able to sense which bread had been tithed and which bread had not. So immediately Reb Meir went and got in his wagon and his horses and took off quickly in order to catch up with the crowd of poor people who had just been there. And when finally he caught up with them, the old man that he was looking for was nowhere to be seen. He said to the crowd, Where's the old man that was with you? And they said, Oh, that crazy guy. We don't even know who he is. Why do you want anything to do with him? The mayor said, It's not important what I want to do with him. I just need to find him. Do you know who he is? They said, Well, he joined us a few weeks ago and he travels with us wherever we go. He sleeps wherever we sleep and he behaves like he's crazy. The mayor said, What do you mean he's crazy? What does he do? They said, Sometimes he leaves us and he goes and stands for a long time in the bushes in the forest. And he might be there for hours at a time. And one time, in the middle of winter, we saw a frozen lake and he went and broke the ice and went for a swim in the freezing cold water. Is that not crazy? So the mayor said, Where did he go? Where is he now? And they pointed in the direction of the forest. And he went and eventually. He saw this strange old man standing under a tree, deep in meditation, and his face red like a burning fire. And the old man was so deep in his concentration, in his meditation, in his prayer, he didn't even notice that Mayer was there. And Meir is looking at him, waiting for him to open his eyes. But the old man's eyes are just rolled back, and he's in such a deep place. He's not coming out anytime soon. So Meir says, Rebbe. The old man doesn't react. So he says, Rebbe, Rebbe. The old man opens his eyes, says, what do you want? Why are you here? Why are you disturbing me? He said, Rebbe, please, bless me. And the poor old man, he says, do you have a penny? He says, sure, I have a penny. He says, so give me a penny. He gives the old man the penny. The old man blesses him. He puts his hands on Rebbe Meir's head and he gives him a blessing. He says, <speaking in Hebrew> Gives him the blessing of the high priests. The blessing that parents give their children every Shabbos night. And Reb Meir thanked the Rebbe, the poor old man, and went back to his wagon and continued until eventually he reached his Rebbe, Reb Mordechai. He said, Rebbe, I have to tell you this incredible story. I was traveling and I stopped from Incha and I saw the special old man and I went to get a blessing from him. And I gave him a penny and he gave me a blessing. And Reb Mordechai said, Wow, Reb Meir, you are so lucky. Do you know who that man was? There was none other than the great tzaddik, Reb Leib Saraz, who was one of the chassidim of the Baal Shem Tov, who spent his entire life wandering around from place to place, raising money to save imprisoned Jews. Many years passed, and Reb Meir was once on another journey, (laughs) traveling through the forest, and it started getting dark, and everybody knows in those days you couldn't travel at night. There were no roads, no street lights. Couldn't find your way in the forest for sure, not in a wagon with horses. And in the distance, as the sun was setting, he saw there was a house with a stable next to it. So he goes to the house and he knocks on the door. And the only person there was a woman who was busy cooking a large meal. And Ramirez says, Would it be possible to spend the night here? And she said, Certainly. We love having guests in this house. And so, mayor sat in the corner and was learning from a sefer, from a holy book. And a few hours later, the owners of the house came home. and mayor realized that this was not a nice crowd. As a matter of fact, they were a gang of thieves and murderers. And when they walked in, the woman who was cooking the food said, Look at what we have here. We have a very special guest just waiting for us to take care of him. And Redmayr looked around. He looked at every door and every window. He saw that they were all locked. And he realized this might be the end of him. So he decided to say, vidoy, confession. And he cried the tears of a person who knew that it might be the end of his life. In the meantime, the thieves sat down to eat their meal. And when they finished, they got up, gave Mayor a nice round of punches and kicks, and then tied him up to the chair that he was sitting on, waiting for when they were ready to take care of Rebmeyer. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And they hear a voice from outside. Open up in there! But the murderers were so shocked, they weren't going to open the door for anyone. Then there was more knocking on the doors. And banging on the windows. And they heard there was a crowd of Russian merchants standing outside the house shouting, Let us in! Open the door! Let us in! And the banging got louder and noisier. And it was freezing cold outside. So of course they wanted to come in. And since the thieves wouldn't open the door, they broke the door open. And came inside. And what did they see? A group of thieves, standing around a Jew, tied to a chair. And the merchants understood right away what was going on. They went and beat up the thieves, untied Reb Meir, and then tied up the thieves to the chairs, waiting for the morning to come. In the morning, they took them, tied to the chairs, and put them in their wagons, and drove off to the nearest town, where they handed them in to the police. And Rebmayr went with them, and after the thieves were handed in to the police, Rebmayr said to the head of this group of Russian merchants, Where did you guys come from? What happened? And they said to Rebmayr, You won't believe it. We take this road all the time. We know every single part of it, every turn, every tree, every rock. We know them all, and we never get lost here. But today, for some reason, we got confused, went off the main road, and somehow we ended up here and it was freezing outside. So we wanted to come in the house. Clearly, it was the hand of God that brought us here in order to save you. And so Reb Meir went straight away to his Rebbe, Reb Mordechai. And as soon as he appeared at the doorway, the Rebbe said to Meir, It's all because of you I couldn't sleep last night. Meir, I saw the danger that you were in, and I was davening and doing everything I could to save your life. But they told me in heaven, there was no way that my davening would be enough. And then I remembered that you once got a bracha, a blessing from Reb Leib Because you gave him that coin, I was able to use the blessing, and the coin that you gave, in order to ask heaven to send the merchants off the main road and come to the house and save you. I have one more story for you. In 1977, there was a push in the Israeli Knesset to try to pass a law that would legalize abortion. The person that was pushing this campaign was the Minister of Justice at the time, Shmuel Tamir, who was the Minister of Justice under Prime Minister Menachem Begin. When the rabbis, and most of the Torah-observant Jews in Israel and throughout the world, heard that Israel was trying to legalize abortion, there was a great deal of concern, and the leading rabbis at the time decided to send a delegation of prestigious rabbis to speak with Minister Tamir to try to convince him that this was a terrible idea. And included in the delegation were two highly respected rabbis. One, Rabbi Michael Stern, who was the rabbi of Ezra Torah, and Rabbi Raphael Levin, who was the son of one of the most beloved rabbis of the 20th century in Israel, Rabbi Aryeh Levin. Rabbi Levin, we could tell many stories about the father, Rabbi Aryeh, but we'll have to save those for another time. And the reason that the other rabbis chose Rabbi Raphael Levine, because many of the members of Begin's government were former members of the Argun and Lechi. These were groups that physically and sometimes violently resisted the British occupation of the land of Israel before the state of Israel was established. And many of those members ended up being killed by the British and in British prisons. And Rabbi Ari Levine was the rabbi who went to visit them all. He was known as the prisoner's rabbi. And since minister Tamir was formerly a fighter in the Irgun, they had hoped that he would listen to Rabbi Raphael Levine, who was the son of Rabbi Ari Levine. And two days before the meeting, Rabbi Raphael got on the phone and called each of the rabbis and begged them that they should storm the gates of heaven with their prayers. They should pray that he be successful in this very important mission of dissuading the minister from allowing abortion to be legalized. And two days later, the delegation sat down with Minister Tamir in his office. And at one point, Rabbi Raphael, he stood up and he said, Minister, I'd like to say something. The minister said, sure, Rabbi, go ahead. What do you want to say? He said, Minister, I am the son of Rabbi arya Levine. The eyes of Minister Tamir lit up. And he faced everyone at the delegation and he said, Ah, your father was our beloved rabbi. And then he turned towards Rebbe Feil and he said, Please, your Rabbi Arya Levine's son, tell me anything you want to say. Rebbe Feil, he spoke up and he said, I want to share with you a short story. The minister said, Sure, please, Rabbi, I would love to hear the story. He said, It's a story about my father. Ah, then all the more so, I'd love to hear the story. Rebbe Feil said, When I was much younger, a young boy, A secular couple knocked on our door one day. They wanted to speak with the great man, the great rabbi, my father, Ravari Levine. My father invited them in and sat them down. And a huge argument ensued between the husband and the wife. Turned out that the wife was expecting a child. She was pregnant. And the husband, who was in medical school, wasn't ready for a child right now. He felt it would be a distraction. And it wasn't the time. And he wasn't ready for children. And he wanted his wife to have an abortion. The wife wanted the child, and she was adamant about not having an abortion. They couldn't come to an agreement. So even though they were completely secular, they decided to come to my father, the rabbi that everyone respected, and ask him for his opinion. And so he listened to both sides. He sat with them for over an hour, trying to persuade the husband that he should allow the baby to be born. And he said, not only would that child bring the parents nachat, pleasure, and would also have a positive impact on the family, but one day, that baby, that child, will play an important role in the history of this country. And by the end of the hour, the father was persuaded, and he agreed to remove his objection to an abortion, encouraged his wife to give birth, and he said that he would raise the child with love, thanks to Rabbi Levine's encouragement. And so Rebbe he finished his story and he sat down and the minister said, "Well, Rabbi, that's a very nice story, but what do you want me to understand from this story? That just because a couple didn't want to abort, I shouldn't allow abortion in the state of Israel?" Rebbe he continued and he said, "Minister, not long after that disagreement, the couple had a baby boy, and they named him Shmuel, and he grew up to be a very important person. And today he's known as Minister Shmuel Tamir. That couple." was your parents and it was thanks to my father dissuading them from having an abortion that you're alive here today for me to talk to. The minister was completely shocked. He said, I never heard this story before I think maybe you're making something up here. So Reb Refile said, go and call your mother and ask her. So he picked up the phone, told the secretary, get a hold of my mother right now. He says to her, there's a rabbi here. He's the son of Rabbi R. Levine. He says, you and my father came and asked him about an abortion, and I was the baby that was supposed to be aborted? Is this true? And at first, there was silence on the phone. And he said, is it true? I need to know. And she stuttered a little bit, and she mumbled, and she said, my son, you have to understand, those were difficult times. And your father, it wasn't that he didn't love you. He just wasn't ready for children. And minister Tamir, he said, thank you, Ima. That's all I needed to hear. He slammed down the phone. He looked at the rabbis and he said, you have nothing to worry about. This bill will never be passed as long as I'm the minister of justice. And on their way out, Rabbi Mikhail Stern, who was there with Rabbi Raphael, he said, Raphael, I don't understand. You knew the story two days ago, right? He said, yes, of course. He said, so why did you call us and insist that each of us daven and storm the heavens, that you be successful in your mission? It was clear that if you told that story, there was no way the minister was going to pass this bill. And Reberfile said, No way? How do you know what would have happened? Without davening, we're nothing. You think it's because of the story that the minister didn't want to pass the bill. And I will tell you that it's because of their davening and your davening and our trust in Hashem that the bill did not pass. I lie, lie,
1: lie. Did he lie, lie. Did it die, 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 I didn't die, didn't die, didn't die, didn't
0: Thank you so much for listening. As always, my sweetest friends. I want to thank one of the new supporters of the Hasidic Story Project, the Fleming family. Thank you so much for your support, and to all of the supporters and all of the listeners, and especially to Reb Danielle, who came and visited me all the way from Seattle. Thank you so much for coming and finding me and for meeting with me. Please make sure to keep sharing the podcast, my sweetest friends, and write to me wherever you are. I'm always happy to hear from you. And until next week, Zai Gesund. Take care. And may things only get better and better for you all the time.